Hello and welcome back to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. I am your host, Amy Gray Cunningham, and today we have another fabulous guest as usual. Her name is Dr. Allison J.K., and she is uh, she is a mind-body energy healer. She has founded the Vibrational Upgrade System, and she works in yoga, meditation, chai gong, energy medicine, mind-body fitness, longe- longevity, holistic health. Oh my God, what else does she not do? <laughs> and she specializes in the chakra system. So I would love for you guys, and she's also an award-winning author of several different books. So we're going to talk a little bit about all of that as well, but I'd like for her to talk about uh, channeling power, your power to live the life you really want and how all that works out in our life today. So Dr. Allison, welcome to Kisses. Happy to be here. Yay. Thank you for joining us today. Honor. So tell us a little bit about you and how did you get started in energy medicine? I have always been having this sense of connection to something bigger than me and something mystical and something supportive and loving. Got it growing up in the woods, walking um, every day after school with my brother and on the weekends. And then like uh, early teens, tween, started journal writing. Nobody suggested it to me. It wasn't a diary. I realized later on in retrospect and even towards the end of my teen years, I was actually using it as a technique to connect in with my higher self. So in my intuitive voice. So I've always had this connection to something bigger than me and the voice that helps me connects to guidance that has my highest and best in mind. Early twenties, I started to meditate um, and reading the I Ching too, cause I was living, I, I won't go into the, I probably should you like stories. So I went into my um, bachelor's as a psych major and third semester in, I was horrified basically that they were not teaching me what it means. How can I be the happiest, most thriving version of myself? That was, you know, how I had approached it. Instead, I was learning about like only the hardwiring of the brain and about industrial uh, application and uh, HR management using psych. And so it just, it was trying at that time to become a hard science. And I learned later. So yes, I do a lot. I have certification as a personal trainer. And one of the many things that's the mind body fitness And one of the aspects of that training has been additional certification in as a behavioral change specialist. And that was just the last renewal for the personal training certification. And I learned that there's a field now in psychology called positive psychology. And it came about in the late nineties, early two thousands. But in my assessment of psychology, without ever knowing about positive psychology, becoming a field a decade or so later, I assessed it wasn't positive enough. This wasn't so it was limited and, and I wanted the holistic way because I had that sense of something bigger that is a, a loving force. And, and I didn't have the sense that, you know, we have to break it all down and, 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 and look at the badness of the mind and then look at how we use it to gain stuff in the workplace. So I ended up with a major in graduating in my bachelor's with English lit and then creative writing as the focus. Moved to San Francisco off the East Coast to go for my master's while I waited to get the response about having submitted stories instead of taking the GREs for the creative writing masters in San Francisco, synchronistically a political career came in and I I just hit my stride. It was protecting the environment, getting people elected to the state in California and federal 
Congress and president and governor that are, would not only vote yes to protect the environment, but would actually write legislation to do so. So for example, my first campaign, I was trained to then go and help support the candidate for. She is the first, I helped get the first Latina woman elected to the California State Assembly. And she wrote a bill that preserved the last um, green space in LA Basin. So I was having a lot of success because it was something I really was passionate about and that caused stress. So I was walking through a bookstore, book dropped off the shelf on meditation at my feet. So I, that's how I began to meditate. So <laughs> I, things happen, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I've been um, really just letting my path show me, but while looking at the holistic and the mystical model the whole time, because like in Taiwan, pardon me, in San Francisco, I was going to the Chinatown there. I picked up the I Ching, learned how to read the I Ching. I was also starting to do work with the Native American medicine wheel communities. So once the that um, election season ended, about three years in that political career, I went overseas backpacking for about six months. It wasn't my first time overseas. I was an exchange student in high school down in Venezuela at the time. So I had this sense of adventure and fun to life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like I, I have this, I want to do everything possible. You know, I want to jump out of planes. I want to bungee jump, both of which I've done. Um, I want to dance. I want to travel to all these cool places. Like, I just want to play. I'm in a body. I'm here on planet Earth. Let's let's do this. You know, let's have some fun here. <laughs> so if you fast forward now, I went from my, I came back to the States, got my master's. Uh, now I was in Florida, which I am now on the West Coast of Florida, over the Gulf of Mexico, in public administration. And the focus was public policy to help with the environment. As I was graduating, I picked up my first energy medicine modality. But meanwhile, I had been teaching meditation at that point to, to adults in the community. So as I graduated with my master's and began to look for job placement, you know, I asked the question, where am I gonna affect more change in a local EPA or a federal EPA inside the system or outside, like with a nonprofit, like I had worked with for the political career earlier. And I just did both avenues. No doors were opening. So I stepped back and reevaluated, knowing to read that as for what it was to make the adjustment because no doors were opening. I heard in my intuitive guidance, the market isn't ready to drop fossil fuels. If you want to affect change, do it one consciousness at a time. So I relied back on my bachelor's, went into the classroom and began running energy medicine and holistic health and wellness sessions alongside my classroom teaching career as a second revenue stream because I was getting more trained in herbalism and in holistic health and wellness and uh, more energy medicine. Mm -hmm. So fast forward two and a half years, Saturday morning, I'm looking at my checkbook and before digital banking and I wasn't pleased with what I was seeing. And I, I had this sense of like, I, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna want, I'd like, I'm expected to be in this sense of a cage for decades. This, this is what my life gonna look like in decades from now. No, I want fun. I want adventure. I want abundance. I want ease. This isn't okay. How does it get any better than this? And around that same time, it could have even been that same Saturday, I was running an energy medicine session for a woman who was my neighbor. And she was like in number three or four of a package of 10 sessions. We were both really stoked about the results she was getting, really pleased. And so I looked up as my hands were over her womb area, her belly, and I was like, okay, how can I get even more robust results for my clients? And so these two things coalesced and a colleague within a month's time came in with another synchronicity and turned me on to the international school system. I did what I had to do, went where I had to go, interviewed all over the world in this hotel that had the con convention that weekend with the department heads from all around 
the world's international schools and all the candidates from around the world met. We had, I had interviews with different school heads from different countries and different continents all throughout the weekend. My head was spinning and I got job offers and I chose Taiwan because I understood by that point with the training I had had that that Asia, particularly the far, far Asia, India in, in uh, the traditional Chinese as they are able to be in Taiwan had an understanding of how energy works that they still operate from today. It didn't, it's not like the alchemists in the West where it went underground. It's still, the society is still organized in many ways. And I went into this extensively in my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong, that I wrote as my dissertation in my last year in Taiwan at the traditional tea houses after work. I was an administrator too at this point and uh, after the gym. And so I brought my scooter downtown to this traditional tea house that was open all night long. And I'd, I was writing my dissertation and I was led to talk about if the West only understood that subtle energy is a science and working with the consciousness is a science. And if we understood the value of that and how much power is within each of us, if we were to start doing that, understanding the science and using these techniques, we would have so much less suffering and so much more thriving in the West. And so I returned to the States in 2010 after a decade in Asia with that as my mission, dropped the classroom teaching and administration and have taken the energy medicine and mindfulness coaching full-time, creating the vibrational great system eventually, which is half my, my background in, because I went to India too and got my yoga teacher training and certification, got trained in Qigong. Like I would study on the weekends, I'd go to monasteries, I'd ask questions, like every weekend get traditional Twina or other reflexology, Chinese traditional uh, holistic treatments, ask tons of questions and pieced together between that and the yoga teacher training, what I understand in creative vibrational upgrade system. That's half my yogic meditation background and then in half my energy medicine background. That actually speeds up the results for my clients. So I see them getting faster results than I did um, now. So the second part of my mission is to professionalize the field of energy medicine. So that's it in a nutshell. You brought up something about consciousness. Can you explain to the listeners exactly what you what you feel consciousness is? Well, there's different levels to it. So because of my, my psych background, Amy and listeners, uh, I ended up being asked to teach a psych course that I created when I was teaching high school at the international school that I was in. So these guys were students who were raised in the States. Their parents were Taiwanese going over there for grad school or job placement. And so they would sometimes come back and it, grade two, sometimes they come back at grade 10. I was teaching in English. These kids were all going back to the States to Ivy Leagues. So I um, created an elective that they, the admin asked me to half using the Dalai Lama's understanding of the mind and consciousness and half using uh, one, intro 101 to psych textbook from the West. And then I was asked to teach AP psych after that later for a couple of years. So my response to consciousness is very integrated. What, what to your question, what is consciousness? Um, there's different levels to it. So there's the conscious mind, the unconscious and the subconscious. And when we learn to work with flushing more of the back of the house consciousness, the unconscious and subconscious to the front the lobe or the front consciousness, which is if we were meditating, these are the thoughts we hear. 
And it's only stats, and I went into this in my third book, Reasonable Dragons, stats say 85% of our choices we're making every day are from our subconscious. From all the work I've done, Amy, I see it like tens of thousands of people at this point over decades of this work. I feel like it's more like 95% of the choices that people make on a day-to-day -day basis is out of habit. Meaning mm. driving, when you first learn to drive, you mm -hmm. say, put the car in, right? You, you say this stuff mm -hmm. out loud, right? Put it in reverse, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You don't do it anymore, right? Typically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's lodged in the subconscious once you learn it. And so it's not just like trauma that goes into the subconscious. It's so stuff that we don't need to have conscious access to anymore. But also in the subconscious is like impressions from our parents growing up, our conditioning, karma, unconscious conclusions. Like if our older sister got a lot of loving attention from our mother and we wanted that too as a child from ages two to eight and we're asking as we all are as our neurology is forming how do i do this thing on planet earth called life and we see our older sister get this loving attention from our mom and we want that same yummy feeling we will ask is with this childlike logic because when i clear this block it's you can i can see the childlike logic it's so sweet the little girl would conclude okay so what does she do to get that feeling from mom look at her she always seems to dress up and do her hair and wear ribbons and, and, and wear frilly socks. Mom smiles at that. I guess that's how I get that yummy feeling of attention and love. So that woman would then, that girl would then have lodged in her unconscious the conclusion of in order to get loving attention, I need to um, dress up. And it would be very subtle, but it would ultimately become some kind of block that if the girl wants to go more casual or maybe not wear makeup or maybe not tend to her looks, she can't because it, there's an unconscious conclusion that I get love from looking pretty. So clearing out these uncon this unconsciousness and subconsciousness, what I then do with the other half, that was the energy medicine half of vibrational grace system is now help create new neurological pathways. Now that you have an opening, where there was once a lockdown of energy from the conclusion, now that consciousness comes to the front frontal lobe or the front consciousness and you have access to it to now make a more conscious choice. So it then requires redirection to come off of the momentum that the mind has and a thought pattern has that's deeply entrenched even though the mind-body connection has been cut, the, conscious, the unconscious has been flushed to the surface. Now there's retraining with, okay, how do I make new choices to have that new behavior? So yeah, consciousness so is- how, go ahead. How, do you, how do you go about helping people make new choices? I do clearings on, and activations on my intuition. I have a nickname, Hawkeyes, mm -hmm. and you know it wasn't really helpful for me in my twenties going into like dating because guys didn't like to be seen right through. But <laughs> I, I tend to have a really ridiculously honed intuition. Like I'm not sitting here reading you at all. I don't, and I train my practitioners. You don't like wide open go into a health food store and start reading people. You want to have it shut down for the appropriate times, you know. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, I don't want anybody to go into alarm. But the intuitive guidance I get when somebody says, I want to work with you, I want to live up more to my potential, I get shown what's blocking them. And so then I start to run clearings on it or hands-on distant or 
in person, I don't really do in person one-on-ones anymore, energy medicine or light sent into their system in a certain way that loosens up the, the locked down block in some kind of belief form, whether, whether it was trauma and somebody's then ends up with a conclusion of I'm not safe, I have to be extra protective and keep hyperactive protection over myself. So they're in adrenal burnout or it's uh, something else that like I already gave the example of, I, I will clear with the light and then as they get more access now, it's like I came home from, um, I was doing clearings on myself and I came home and put the key in my house, the front door and realized, oh my God, that's a new thought. And so when we clear, when I clear a blockage, it creates space for something else to come in. And then the retraining is needed to start a new neurological pathway that will start a new behavioral pattern that helps the person recognize in the example I used earlier, I still get love even when I'm not wearing makeup and in jeans and dressed down. I know that might sound crazy to some of the listeners, but I've seen blocks like this. And they're very subtle. I'm not talking about the person is like overly made up or it's exaggerated only. I mean, it's very subtle and it's just to give ourselves more freedom. And you were charged up about the, how do we uh, embrace more of our power and come out of victim mode? And so this is in part what I mean by that, to make new choices, to be as free as possible, to make whatever choices are best in our highest and best is your cat. My dog. Oh, it's That's a dog. Fun. That's Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Charlie Bear. His tail's <laughs> wagging right behind your left arm. It's fun. <laughs> um, they, the access to new consciousness because of the new space created is the way that I help guide people into seeing another choice as possible. When I am talking to somebody, coaching, building up into doing a clearing and activation, they can't hear me. They go unconscious. I had just had it happen with a one in a one-on-one -on -one yesterday. I was asking the woman a question and she couldn't get to the answer because the question had catalyzed where she had blockage. So then I were clearing an activation and now I can talk to her about it. And she sees how she had been, her ego mind had been thinking and sees now that there's new choices available. And so then I come in with more clearings and activations to reinforce whatever the new choices are. Like if it's courage to choose more of what you want, if it's um, whatever, it's just, there's more clearings and activations to make it easier to start making the same choice in that new positive direction. Do you think some of these blockages can, could come from past lives? Yes, absolutely. Doing it all day, every day. Yeah. This past life, we're, we're continually living the, that karmic patterns from past lives, even now. You might like this. One of the cool things that I came away from the decade in Asia with was the understanding that the, diff, the, the, the distance between one incarnation and the next incarnation that we perceive in the West, it seems to be not there for the Asians. Like it's, it's seen as much more seamless, like well, out of a body, one life into the a body, the next life. And so karma is assumed. There's been studies too, when um, in the West, when uh, doctors diagnose somebody, not diagnose, um, they have a diagnosis, they can't heal it. He learns hypnotherapy. He puts them in hypnosis. They go into another um, accent uh, that isn't this lifetime. They're Irish. They're when the 
regression is occurring and they're describing a place and uh, a business their family had, the family name, doctor has staff go check that data. Data turns out to be, yes, this existed in this town. Uh, there was a family, this name, they did have this business. And then there's pictures. And if you look at pictures of somebody from a previous lifetime and who they're in this lifetime, there's a symmetry. The symmetry is much the same. Birthmarks can carry over from one lifetime to the next. Talents wow. and passions in childhood and early childhood, really vivid passions and talents that are like almost inexplicable where they came from, that to carry over from previous lifetime. It is cool, isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had a client or met someone that you haven't been able to clear because they are just so, because we all have free will and they just continue to create the same patterns over and over again. And they just are not willing to let go of whatever blockage they're holding on to. It really is. Cause I'm at an interesting point myself right now with that, because I'm pretty stubborn on behalf of the light. <laughs> um, and I really, my arms go up in the air. I celebrate when I know I've gotten another person free and they've now dropped much more into the heart and higher self-led and the ego mind does no longer have the dominion over this person's mind, body, spirit system. So there's been a couple of people who has, have had really stubborn ego minds, a lot of resistance, a lot of trauma. And, and um, I mean, it's a very tender process because the ego mind can show up with self-sabotaging behaviors that can be completely rationalized mm -hmm. and to be able to navigate that on behalf of my clients and help them see the self-sabotaged engaged requires patience diligence and me going in where other practitioners don't frankly and where i don't have to but i am so committed to this work and I am so like when somebody commits and they invest in themselves through working with me at a higher level I'm you know I'm invested right there with them you know and, and I'm committed to I know these times are in 2012 to 2032 are humanity's greatest evolutionary leap we've just seen a decade of cleansing the shadow out of the earth out of each of us out of the institutions globally uh, we're only just barely turning the corner now in this to the second half between 2012 and 2032, where we're just beginning to start to construct these new organizations and um, societal organi organizing globally, reassembling after a lot of the clearing and purgings happening, the COVID and the war could be considered a part of the healing response of what's been clearing. Why am I saying this? because these are the most intense yet auspicious times between 2012 and 2032. And a key to that is stepping up into more of your empowerment. So wherever you have seen or felt as a victim, whether it's to because of your color, your race, your creed, your gender, your socioeconomic status, to me, these are all old terms I used when I was going for my master's and I was in politics. To me right now, it's every human being just elevating themselves and all that stuff that you could blame as a very real excuse. Again, ego mind, rationalizing for the victimization, very real socioeconomic um, disparities, but yeah. nonetheless, not allowing anything outside of us or storylines inside of us to make us feel a victim to anything. And that we have to step into our empowerment as this free will co-creator and recognize how we are in fact with our every thought and choice 
creating what's showing up on the external plane. It's not the inverse. In traditional Chinese medicine, they have a saying, where qi goes, blood follows. And I add on to that, where our consciousness goes, the energy then follows, and then the qi, the, oh, pardon me, the blood or the physical matter, which quantum physics has confirmed too. And it rocked the halls of orthodox science for over hundred years. So by recognizing this, our choices are what creates the internal into the physical. This is the interaction. It's like the bridge between invisible subtle energy realm and physical realm. And so our, if we get clearing, another clearing, another clearing, that's going to accumulate into a more physicalized shift. But every single shift in our consciousness matters. Every clearing, every opening we get matters because then it opens up the opportunity to make a new choice and start a new pathway as we construct our new paradigm together. You think so yes, that we have, I've not ever given up on anybody, but there has been somebody who months later, I'm sorry, I just wanted to ultimately answer your question for God's sakes, which I never did. So what I was getting towards was that I've never given up on anybody because I'm really committed to the light. I understand the greatest picture from this person, the individual out to the greatest picture of what we're up to right now, what I'm up to with this work. So I don't tend to give up on people, but I have started to take it easier on myself and am not necessarily going in and wrestling with the person's ego mind on their behalf for them as much as I once did. And I'm giving them more responsibility to give myself a rest um, and to be kinder to myself. That's good. I agree. You can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink necessarily. <laughs> Even with all the tools, even, even with all, with all the tools. self sabotage, I they can be committed to their suffering. And, and in fact, a couple of years ago, about four or five, I started saying, if you're addicted to the suffering paradigm, I'm not the right mentor for you. Yeah. Because I'm not even using energy medicine necessarily, Amy, to heal. Like I used to work with tumors and cancer and, and chronic pain and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, I'm using it, and it has been this way for quite a few years to reach our human potential, our greatest potential. You know, so I'm not even using it. I don't tend to call myself a healer, even though, you know, it's the way people understand. And so I use it sometimes, but yeah. What were you going to ask? I was going to ask you if you thought that we were our thoughts. No, that's absolutely no. <laughs> that's, I remember when I lived in San Francisco and I saw a bumper sticker in a car in, on a car in Berkeley and it said, you are not your thoughts. And I was like, yes, because I was at a certain stage in my meditation. And then I saw another bumper sticker that said later on, like, I don't know, within a year, six months, question your thoughts. And I was like, yes. Like, you know, I was like building the understanding. <laughs> so I know that one of the key things that I feel like when I am on podcast interviews and, 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 and it's more required for me to give like quick tips for people to walk away from listening with, as opposed to the understanding of this is actually a process. And, and it's not, you know, it's just, it's a process. I wish there were a quick fix, but it, there isn't. So when I say question your thoughts, when I say you hear a thought. So first, if you even observe your thoughts enough during your daily life, to hear a thought, that's great. Now you, be, you're, you have a bit of detachment from the ego mind, which is what it's called in Buddhism. But then if you, well, what if that's not even true? What if there's nothing wrong? How does it get any better than this? What else is possible? That's a very constructive redirect. And the questions invite the universe to fill in the vacuum. Okay, this is how, what else is possible. Okay, this is how it gets any better than this. Okay, what would it look like if nothing was actually wrong here? 
you know? So it's, it's, it's a, a, it's cognitive behavioral therapy as you call it in the West, but it's also Tibetan. Like when I went to visit the monasteries, there were more classrooms than there were meditation halls. I was shocked. I was like, why? And they said, because there's so much debate going on about how to work with the mind based on the, the sutras. So yeah, I feel like what you may be also asking though, is that you, there's a textural or tonal difference between our thinking ego mind and our higher self. And the higher self is more like a feather, a floater, like a parachute, whereas the ego mind's mechanistic thinking is more a sense of it came from inside the head and it got processed upon. So the guidance that comes in really quietly, we could ignore and then have a much diff more difficult time in our lives or we could listen to, but we're still not even that thought necessarily. Yeah. yeah. That you answered that perfectly. That's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> Well, I know that you have to you have to wrap up here, so I wanted to ask Ready? you one, two more two more. I know time has just flown by here, so <laughs> so two more questions. How can people find you? First of all, vibrational upgrade uh, free Facebook group, vibrational upgrade website, Allison One L J middle initial K A Y is last name. That's me on YouTube, and that's books on Amazon. Okay, perfect. I will also have that in the show notes people so you can uh, go there and find Miss Dr. Allison here. And then also a question I ask all of my uh, guests on the show at the end is if you had an opportunity to speak with someone uh, on a park bench, whether that person be alive or dead, who would it be? And what would you talk about for an hour? What a fun question. Not Isn't it great? I love hearing the answers. Not heard that version of it. Okay, she's fresh on my mind because yesterday was International Women's Day. And I know this could possibly be divisive. I'm doing it anyway, because on the other side of divisive is unity. I love it. Um, Hillary Clinton. Ooh. I would love to hear what she has to say about where she sees women going in the future. I would love to talk with her about, from the more spiritual perspective, the rebalancing that's happening right now between the divine feminine and the divine masculine. I got chills all over. Yeah. I met her yeah. husband in politics when I was working. At, yeah. So just well, maybe, well, maybe we can have her and you on the podcast and we could talk all about that. That would be like a really awesome. I'm there, podcast. Amy. If you yes. do it, I'm there. <laughs> I, I will. I, I'm going to put that out in the universe and we'll get Hilly. Okay, let's do it. On it. She yep. has a book um, that she wrote with her daughter. I don't know how, like within the last year or so and a half. Yeah, she does. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I have a book. Here's my latest book, Dragon Master yep. Creatrix. If you guys. Ooh. Ooh, that's pretty. Isn't that pretty? Thank you. Oh, I love that cover. Subtitles, Conversations with a Female Spiritual Teacher for These Times. And if you guys want to get started on experimenting with or experiencing the clearings and activations um, on my website, vibrationalupgrade.com, there is uh, under the work with me tab, look under programs. It's called activate your magic. And it's the least expensive way to get in and access. And I've been thinking about raising the price last year and a half, because it's so much you receive, but I don't want it yet. It's just, it's the least expensive way to receive the most bounty of work from me. Um, that really will help you more than just get your big toe in the water. Awesome. But to not too that. committed. It's the good non-committal <laughs> commitment. <laughs> 
Well, uh, Dr. Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. And I loved hearing your story and all about energy work. And this is fabulous. So thank you. Amy, you hold a great space. It's been lovely being with you. You asked such great questions and I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you back. <laughs> Have an awesome day. You too. Namaste, everyone. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.